You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. The righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, the first commandment is this. You shall have no other gods. God will be God all by Himself. He is the only true God. He is God alone. There is with the Lord an exclusiveness. He refuses to to share the stage, to stand alongside other would-be gods. And receive uh, and, and, and share from humanity the worship that he alone deserves. He wants it all. So he excludes the idea, the worship, the fear, the love, the trust of anything but himself. Now, our adversary, the devil, is always fighting against this onlyness of God, the aloneness of God, the singularity of God, and he fights against it by trying to add to it. Now we see this all throughout the Old Testament. When the devil tempts the people, he doesn't tempt them to not worship the Lord. He tempts them instead to worship the Lord and another God. To worship the Lord and Baal, to worship the Lord and Ashtoreth, to worship the Lord and Molech, to worship the Lord and someone else. Now, it is one of the marks of the pagan gods that they were not alone. There was always a group. There was always a, 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 a cloud. There was a, a crowd of gods always hanging around. And that's one of the marks of paganism. It is what we call today tolerance. The idea that the more gods there are, the merrier. In fact, do you know this, that the, that the, Roman, uh, the Romans considered the Christians to be atheists because the Christians only had one god while they had thousands. Now, this makes sense if you think about it. Where I mean, if you have $1,000 and you ask the guy next to you how many dollars he has, and he says, well, I've got one dollar, only one, and you say, well, you're broke. One is as good as none. And that's how the Romans considered the Christians. You've got one God? We've got thousands. And not to be outdone, you, you, you know, our, our friends who are Hindus not only have thousands, they've got tens or hundreds of thousands of gods. Uh, the, the, the pagan idea is, is, is not that there's no gods, but that there's a multitude of gods and that all of these gods can be and should be worshipped together. Now, as our own culture becomes more pagan, it becomes marked by this pagan virtue of tolerance. The idea that, that, that all of, of the things that we worship should be able to, to share the stage and we can get along with all of them. All the gods can get along. Now, and you see this too, right? I mean, if you go and tell someone that you worship Jesus, the people will say, well, that's great. We, I'm glad that you found something that works for you. It's good for you to have your God, and I'll have my God or my gods or my lack of gods over here, and we all have to get along. We all have to tolerate each other. Now, the Christian does not have the virtue of tolerance. 
but rather the virtue of love and of kindness. And perhaps the easiest way to see the, the difference is what my friend Pastor Graf told me. He said, try to go home and tell Carrie one night that you tolerate her <laughs> and see how that goes. <laughs> we do not say to one another, I tolerate you. We do not say to our neighbors and our friends that worship the pagan false gods, we tolerate you. We say to them, I love you. It's a completely different kind of interaction with the neighbor. But this love is because God alone is the true God. He always makes these exclusive claims. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except, no one comes to the Father except through me. So we say that there is only one God and that there is only salvation found in this one God. This, uh, this is an assault always to our flesh. It's an assault to the devil and it's an assault to the world which is always pushing on us a more exclusive, uh, a more inclusive claim. Now, not only does the devil attack the only of God outside the church, but he also attacks the onlys of God, the exclusive claims of God in the church. And this is in large part what the Reformation was about almost 500 years ago. You've heard this uh, claim that there was the three solas of the Reformation, sola gratia, grace alone, sola fide, faith alone, sola scriptura, scripture alone. It was really in these three claims only one word that mattered. It was the alone. You see, the Roman Catholic Church had the scriptures. They had grace. They had faith. But they did not have them all by themselves. They had the Scripture, but they had the Scripture and Scripture and tradition, or Scripture and the church. This continued even in the other Protestants. They had Scripture and Scripture and experience, Scripture and reason, Scripture and the internal working of the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scriptures. And whenever you have the and, instead of a only, it's what comes after the and that really matters. Consider grace. The, the Catholic Church taught grace, but they taught grace and merit. That grace empowers me to do good works through which I bring some meritorious goodness to God and through which I'm saved. It's grace and my acceptance. It's grace and my doing. And now faith has become a work. Or consider faith. It's not faith alone, but it's faith and works. This was always the Roman Catholic claim, that my faith worked itself out in works and that the Lord judged in His grace those works to be meritorious. It wasn't faith alone, but faith and. Now, it's the and that is the trouble, and this is why. The and and the logic of the and is a denial of sufficiency. In other words... If I say Scripture and, then what I'm saying is that the Scriptures are not enough in and of themselves, do you see? It is not enough for the teaching of the Lord to be known for me simply to have the Bible. Either they're not clear or they're not complete, so that I have to have something added to that, either the authoritative teaching of the church or my own experience or whatever it is. 
And the same thing is true with grace and with faith. When it's grace and, it means that God's kindness is not enough. That I've got to be somehow involved in this process of salvation. Or when we say faith and, we're saying that forgiveness is not enough. That we need to do or accomplish something. That we need to somehow add our own efforts or our own works to what the Lord has already done. And all of these ands are dangerous. Because all of them uh, diminish the work of God and put something on us. They put something on you to do. Either to accept or to work it out or to follow God's prodding or to not reject it or something like, like this. Now, let's just say that salvation is uh, a matter of percentages, and it's 99% God's work and 1% of my own work. Now, how does that, uh, how does that affect my own thinking? Not only about my own salvation, but, around, but about the salvation of those who are around me. If I'm a Christian and I'm looking at those people all around me that aren't Christian, and I wonder what the difference is, then I know the answer. What's the difference? Well, the difference is not the 99% of work that God did, is it? It's got to be the 1% of work that I did. In other words, now, even though it's a small little bit, now the work of salvation is back on me. Back on my efforts. Back on my doing or not rejecting or whatever it is. Do you see the the, the, the 90%? 9% Jesus and 1% me ends up being, in the end, 100% me. So that if you, have, if you have Scripture and the church, what is it that matters? The teaching of the church. And if you have grace and merit, what in the end is it that matters? Merit. And if you have faith and works, what is it in the end that matters? Works. If you have Jesus and you in salvation, what is it that matters in the end? You. You see, the devil and his ands are really a confusion of law and gospel. It's a mixing of of God's promises with our own works, and the result is that there's no promise left. It's only works. If you have 100% 100% water, or 99% water, and 1% poison, the result is poison. <laughs> and this is the way it is with God's law and gospel. If you add any law to the gospel, to the saving work of Christ, then what you have in the end is law. And this is why the devil attacks the exclusive claims of Christ. He wants to somehow add something in to supplement the Lord's work. And this is demonic because when that little bit is added in, then everything is lost. This is also why the Holy Spirit is fighting against the devil. And he speaks in exclusive terms. The Holy Spirit speaks in onlys. The Holy Spirit is excluding you and your works from justification. I think the clearest text on this is Romans chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, where Paul writes, To the one who works, his wages are not counted as grace, but his due. But to the one who does not work, 
but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. We had these exclusive claims in the epistle text. Romans 3.21, the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. Works are excluded, and boasting is excluded as well. Paul ends the epistle reading like this. What has become of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. The faith is without works. Grace is without merit. And Scripture is without addition. Salvation is done without any working on your side. Now, in this way, these onlys, these solas, and the alones of the Reformation are a humbling thing. In fact, in one very profound way, these onlys stand against us. I mean, we always want to have something to do with our salvation. We want to contribute something. We want to give just a little bit. But, but if truth is not a matter of my capacity or my great intellect, but rather it is the Scripture alone that tells me what is true, and if salvation and justification are not an accomplishment of my own will or my own heart or my acceptance or anything in me or anything that I do, in fact, when salvation is in spite of me in my sinfulness, then I am nothing. And Christ is everything. I'm a sinner. And Christ alone is the Savior. Do You see, these onlys of the Reformation are telling me what I can accomplish, and that is Nothing. But they are at the same time a great comfort because they are, in fact, for us. I mean, we know, you know, don't you, your own resolve, your works and your sin. You know your own efforts and you know that they are not enough. Everybody does. In fact, Roman Catholic theology has absorbed this doubt in our own self in, uh, by making up the doctrine of purgatory. <laughs> There's got to be a place to go that, that isn't for the perfect because we know that we are not perfect, you see? But if Christ is everything, if Christ is the beginning and the end, if Christ is the Savior, then we can be sure that our salvation is accomplished. In spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our failures, in spite of our uh, 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 unwillingness to do what we know we ought to do, in spite of all of these things, we stand forgiven. We stand saved, rescued by Jesus, who does all things for us. I think I've told you this story before. Uh, it is a little bit embarrassing. But uh, I think it's helpful to illustrate the point. Uh, a couple of years back, we had a van on which the serpentine belt broke. Remember this story? And I said, uh, don't worry, I can fix it. And so I did. I went to the store, the serpentine belt store, and I bought the belt, and I opened up the hood, and I replaced it, and put it in there, and started up the car, and everything worked just fine. 
except for there was under the hood a loud squealing noise, some kind of screechy sort of thing. I put belt conditioner on it, and it just made it worse. Uh, and so I went in triumphantly with the car squealing in the driveway, and I, and I said, uh, Carrie, I fixed it. <laughs> it's accomplished. I did it. And she, if you can believe it, refused to drive <laughs> the van. She didn't trust me. Can you imagine that? <laughs> now, I probably shouldn't have driven it either. It wasn't safe. That We took it to the mechanic, and he fixed it, and it didn't squeal, and it worked just fine. You see that this matters. This matters who does a thing. If, if we are trying to save ourselves, we are doomed. How can you have any confidence and any comfort in your own work? If you can't even figure out how to work the DVD player, how can you figure out how to save yourself? If you can't figure out how to keep even just one of God's law for just a moment, how can you possibly take your own eternal destiny into your own hands? And how could you trust a theology that encourages you to do that? No, it is Christ who does all the work. It is Christ Jesus, your Jesus, who died and was raised for you. It is Jesus who says, it is finished. It is done. It is his death, his resurrection, his gift of baptism, his gift of the supper, his church, his truth, his spirit and kindness, his blood and his promises. These and these alone are your salvation. And because Jesus has taken up the work to save you, to rescue from you from sin, death, and the devil, because he's taken it upon himself to, to snatch you out of the, 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 the grip of hell and the grave, because of this, you have confidence. Because of this, you have certainty. Because Christ and Christ alone is your Savior, and he is your friend. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.